Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together tonight, Lord, and just feast upon the Word of God. Lord, I ask you to use me now as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us the spiritual ears, Lord, to hear your voice in this Word tonight, spiritual eyes to see the path as you would lay it out before us. Lord, give us the godly wisdom that we need to walk in that path, and we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The title of the message tonight is the focus of our faith. The focus of our faith. Starting here with Matthew chapter 14. Amen. The Bible here talks about a very familiar story. Amen. When the when they were sent out, amen, to cross the, the waters. And the Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. This is when Jesus had fed the multitudes, and now he was sending them to the other side, to Gennesaret. And he sent them ahead of him, and he stayed behind to send away all the multitudes, and then he was going to pray. Amen. So, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Amen. The wind was blowing against them. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been on water like that where water's... You know, they didn't have motors and things. Even with motors, sometimes it's very difficult fighting the wind on water, uh, especially if you're out in an open area. But but uh, when you're just trying to fight it with sails or with, uh, with oars, it's a very, very difficult thing. Amen. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is the last watch before dawn, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. There's a lot of superstitious and all, superstition and all that kind of stuff about, about that, especially back during that time where people would uh, think the people that had died before at sea or whatever, their spirits would linger. And, and if, you know, before somebody was going to die or whatever, they would appear. And, and you know, if they were going to die, they would appear. And they would see those spirits of those people that had died before them. It was a very, it was a very superstitious type of thing and among mariners. And, of course, they were, in a, you know, in the midst of some troubled seas out there. And so, uh, no doubt, they were pretty, pretty shaken up. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Amen. Very famous thing. I tell you, that would be exactly what I would do. I would love to do that, be able to walk on water. Amen. That would be awesome. And I would certainly uh, want to do something like that if I had an opportunity. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Praise God. Man, that's awesome. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? 
And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Now, we're going to speak tonight or talk about and take a look at the Word of God tonight about the direction, amen, uh, and focus of our faith. Remember, as I've said many times before, especially in this time that we're in, this is a message that really is, uh, is uh, very timely. Yes, that's exactly the word I was looking for. Very timely uh, for, for the time we're in. It's, uh, it's just a spot-on message for this time that we're going through uh, and even the time that we're approaching. But as I've said many times before, Everyone has a measure of faith. People say, well, I I just don't have faith. Yes, you do. When there is a situation you're looking at, you absolutely have faith. You either have faith for it or you have faith against it. Either way, you have faith. And it is according to your faith that it is done unto you. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. If you, well, I don't believe I can do it. No. No, that's wrong. You believe you can't do it. There ain't no, there ain't no I don't believe I can do it. No. You either believe you can do it, or you believe you can't do it. Either way, bless you, either way you believe. And according to your belief, be it done unto you. The Bible said according to your faith, be it done unto you. Amen. So, that's why faith begets faith. Listen, church, you have to exercise your faith to continue having faith. And God will exercise your faith to keep your faith growing and and moving forward and staying strong. Remember, no pain, no gain. Let me tell you, you see these guys, these big bodybuilders like uh, uh, Sister Terry and Sister Erica's father. I've never seen the man, but I've heard he's pretty bulky and built up and what he spent a lot of years. Huh? Well, used to be. I mean, and, and you know, he didn't just—he didn't go down and buy that. I mean, man, that's that's a lot of hard work went into that, man. That's a lot of work went into that. A lot of, lot of uh, uh, time when other people were sitting there on the couch watching TV, man. He was, he was pumping iron, buddy. He was getting up early and working out and doing, you know, and I mean, trying to eat the right stuff and all that kind of stuff, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of work went into that. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. If you stop that, it don't take no time. That's gone. That don't stay forever. It only stays as long as you're exercising, as long as you're uh, uh, keeping yourself sharp. Well, it's just like this. If you don't ever have a trying situation, your faith's going to leave you. If you don't have something to exercise your faith, you know, it's very good for people to find themselves in a position where they need faith, where they need a healing or a touch or something like that, But it's also good for pastors and preachers 
Amen. They have situations where they need to pray for somebody that needs a healing. Amen. Because everybody needs an exercise in their faith. Everybody needs to pump a little Holy Ghost iron. Amen. We need to pump some iron every now and then. Man, we need to, we need to exercise it. Praise God. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to be speaking in tongues every time you come to church. Praise God. And you ought to be pushing the issue. If you don't have it, you ought to be pushing the issue. Praise God. I mean, just push the issue. Force the issue with God. Amen. Let Him know how much you want it. Let Him know how bad you want it. Praise God. You don't have to beg him for it because it's a gift. But, nevertheless, you let him know that this is very important to you. And those that have the Holy Ghost, man, don't take it for granted that you got the Holy Ghost. You can lose the Holy Ghost. You need to exercise in the praise God. The Bible says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need to, you need to exercise that. Praise God. And the best thing to do, the best way to do that is just pray and pray and pray and seek and pray into the Holy Ghost. Amen. Sometimes you have to pray into the Spirit. Praise God. Sometimes you have to pray through barriers or maybe you've got some other things on your mind or whatever the situation may be. But everything, everything is just like that. If you don't use it, you lose it. Now, so, you all have faith. You all have faith. Brother Malcolm, when he got here, man, he couldn't hardly do nothing. Because he convinced himself that he couldn't do nothing. He convinced himself that he was short-winded, he couldn't hardly do anything, couldn't hardly work a lot of hours and all that kind of stuff, because he convinced himself he couldn't do it. It wasn't that he didn't think he could do it, it was that he thought he couldn't do it. But now, he's working full hours, amen, and even more than that sometimes, amen. And the truth of the matter is, he could do it, he is doing it, and he could do it all along. But the enemy will come in and convince you of what you can't do. But God's not here to tell you what you can't do. God's here to tell you what you can do. Amen. The Bible says, see, the devil will come and say, well, you know you can't do that. You know you're too old. You know you're too out of shape. You know you're too tired. You know you can't breathe. You know you got asthma and you got asthma on your, and your asthma has asthma. And then your asthma got a double asthma. And then your asthma got pneumonia and you can't breathe. You dying now. That's what the devil will try to come and say. But the Bible says, uh-uh-uh. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God is the one that strengthens us. And, oh, yes, I can do it. Praise God. Yes, I can do it. Amen. Praise God. Now, and look at the changes that's taking place. Praise God. See, that's, that's the thing. Change comes with this. This requires change. You can't stay the same and be in this. You gotta change. You gotta make changes. Every one of us has to make changes. And you ain't never going to get through making changes. Because what will get you home today ain't going to get you home next week. It's a constant, continual change. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever made any changes you wish you hadn't made? Have you ever made any changes you regret since you've been in this? 
Man, don't you wish you was chasing them cigarettes around still, brother, so you could be choking and huffing and puffing and trying to breathe and stay alive? Don't you wish you had them things? Yeah, that's right. No, I don't want them nasty things. And I'll high dollar, too. I don't care what kind of cigarettes you're smoking. It's too much money. Yeah. Huh? No, man, don't even say that. No, man. Nope, nope. 350 a carton when I started smoking. And that what they didn't have generics back then. Marlboro Reds, 350 a carton. Yeah. Yeah. She says, well, it's this much with the Specs, uh, the Specs membership card. And I'm a lifelong member. So, huh? Discount. Yeah, the discount card, right. Now, alright, so, you always have a measure of faith. It's just what direction is it pointed in. And, and you need to make certain that you focus on the right things concerning your faith. Praise God. So, all right. Next scripture. Notice this. When, when these men went out into this water, the Lord sent them out there. Whenever you come to a situation in your life, and we all do, we all have been there and we all will go there. Just a matter of time. If you're not there now, it's just a matter of time. God will take you from valley to valley, mountaintop to mountaintop, everything in between, victory to victory, battle to battle. It's all part of it. But always keep in mind, now, when they were sent out on that water and they got out in the middle of that storm out there with all that wind and them high waves and all that kind of stuff, and they were in peril and they were fighting the wind, they couldn't even get out of it because the wind was fighting them. They couldn't even get out of it. But you've got to pay close attention. You've got to pay close attention to what the Word of God says. Because, remember, faith is what? Believe in what he said. What did Jesus say to them? He told them, go ahead of me to the other side. He didn't say anything about go out there and die. Jesus knows the ending from the beginning. You have to listen carefully and follow closely. If the Lord said He would never leave you nor forsake you, you think He meant it? Does that mean that if you're in the midst of a storm, that it's going to take you down? It's going to kill you? It's going to, it's going to destroy you? No. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What it means is God's trying your faith. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Your doings have fruit. See? When you're in a situation and you do the right thing, you're going to get a reward for the right thing. If you're in a situation 
and you drop your sword, you don't get that reward. The reward you get is according to what you re- how you reacted to it. It's not what you go through, it's how you go through it. Now, when you find yourself in a storm, you just have to remember what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, there hath no temptation taking you. Now, that's not just talking about temptation like some woman smooching at you or batting her eyes at you or something like that. Temptations could be anything. Amen. There's a lot of times that people are tempted to drop their sword and quit. Maybe you got mad at the preacher. Maybe you got mad at one of the brothers or sisters in the church. Maybe you mad at this or that. Maybe you got discouraged. Or, or maybe your finances are not going good. If your finances are bad or your finances are not like you want to do, that's a temptation. Temptation can be anything that's, that tempts you to do something. A temptation is not always like, man, see, people, people draw conclusions with those words. But what God's talking about here. There's no temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. It's common for people to get scared and quit, get scared and run, get scared and throw the towel in. It's common. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. So God's saying, listen, you ain't the only one has been afraid. You ain't the only one been discouraged. You ain't the only one that feels alone. Jesus felt alone. You ain't the only one feels like you've been forsaken. Jesus felt forsaken. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God himself said that. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what it's like. He was in all points tempted as we, yet without sin. How did he, how did he say, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Isn't that what he said? Well, he was standing up to temptation. That flesh was tempted when it said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see? That was temptation. No temptation is taken you, but such as is common to man. These things are common to man. We're weak. We always have our go-to. We always have our our go-to. Some people are quitters. Some people are fighters. Even fighters can become quitters. Even people that have endured a long time can quit. That's why the devil never gives up. Because if he can push your buttons long enough and in the right in the right way, he can wear you down. It's the same way these animals do out on the uh, out on the Sahara and all that and over in Africa and all those places, man, where you got lions and stuff chasing wildebeest down and all them kind of things. And they'll chase them and they'll just take turns. They'll take turns and run that animal. Man, they, you know, they just run a while and they lay down, but that animal never gets no rest until they just run him out. He can't run no more. And they got him. It's over with. It's teams, team effort. Let me tell you something. That devil will team up on you in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. They cut him out. That's right. Now, But, everybody say, but, God is faithful. God is faithful. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. He ain't going to allow it. The devil may come to, he may allow the devil to tempt you, but he ain't going to allow that devil to tempt you to the place where you're going to fall. He's not going to allow the devil to tempt you to the place where you are not able to bear it. Because the devil can take you all the way to death. The devil can kill you. 
We know that. We've read it in the Bible. But God will not allow that to happen. Why? Because you belong to Him. You are bought with a price. And He said, you're not, I'm not going to suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation, will with the situation that I allow you to go through, I'm going to make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You see what I mean? So you just have to know when it seems all-encompassing. Help is right in front of you, though you may not see it. Because we don't walk by sight. You may not see your redemption. But just know, (laughs) when you see things coming, just remember these Scriptures and know that your redemption draweth nigh. Just know. That the victory is right around the right around the corner. Praise God! It's right there. You just keep moving forward. You keep pressing through. Praise God! Put your eyes on the I can and get your eyes off of the I can't. It's not you doing it. Remember, if God said it, it's settled. God said this. He will not suffer. You to be tempted above what you're able to take. No way. It's not going to allow it. There's only one way you can fail with God. And that's to quit. If you hold on. You hold on. God will perform His Word. He will do what He said He'll do. Every time. That's right. Brother? Folks, we know the Word of God is for who? It's for the church. And this Word is for the church. This Word doesn't say many of the afflictions of the low-life scumbags. This ain't talking about uh, Biden. This ain't for Biden. This ain't for Kamala bat crazy. No. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. God delivers his people from these things. But these afflictions come from God. These afflictions come from God. What are afflictions for? Let's talk about that. What did you say, Sister Hallman? Okay, give me an example. Yeah, God brings afflictions. What's the afflictions for? Sister Erica. Why do we have afflictions from God? Why do the people of God have afflictions?
Okay. Brother? Okay. Sister Tara? Okay. Give me an example. See, in your answers, all of you are becoming teachers. You're not only teaching yourself, but you're teaching others. That's why we discuss the Word. Because we are realizing the Scripture. The Scripture is becoming real. It's becoming made real to us. We're bringing the Scripture to life. So, give me an example or, or explain it to me. Purifying of the silver. That's right. You know, church, we when we go through these things, of course, as Brother Malcolm said and and uh, Sister Erica said as well that you know, and Sister Hoffman, we we go through these things and. It sharpens us and it helps us to become more trustworthy or trusting, not trustworthy, but more trusting of God. We have to learn to trust God's Word. And if we were never, ever faced with anything we could not get out of, then how would we be able to say absolutely that it was God that got us out of it and that there's not anything that God can't do? If you never came across anything that you could not do yourself, how would you ever know the abilities of our God to do those things that we cannot? You understand? God is building trust in us. He is building us into people that can depend and trust and rely on Him. It's not our ability to do it. It's God's ability to do it. So, notice the situation right here that he put his disciples in. They'd been on water. He'd never tried them before. And, you know, they didn't want to leave. <laughs> they didn't want to leave him. Then they'd been with him. He's the safety net for sure. And they're like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here with Jesus. Wherever he's at where I'm going to be because I know he's here. Ain't nothing going to happen. No, no, y'all go ahead and go on across, go on across the river, go on across the lake there. Uh, before me. Well, they decide to go ahead and go. And the next thing you know, they're in the middle of this body of water, and that's a big body of water. And it's like the ocean. If you've ever been to, to uh, the Great Lakes, man, their ships have sunk on the Great Lakes. I mean, the Fitzgerald, and the, I mean, big ships, it's, man, 100-foot waves on some of them lakes. Just like being out in the middle of the ocean. I mean, they're huge lakes. And it's just like the ocean. It's hundreds of miles across there. And uh, and they were in a big body of water, too, for the area they were in. And, man, that water can get rough. And here they are in the midst of that water, long way back this way, long way back that way to the shore. 
And now all of a sudden the wind's up, it's boisterous, and the huge waves and all that kind of stuff. Well, you saw the kind of boats that they were in, and that's about what the boats were. They weren't these great big ships. I mean, man, they were in boats that could sink, you know. But God sent them out into that. Now, we know this story. We know it well. But stop and think about this story. Stop and think about that. God sent them out into that water. Was he sending them to their death? Was Jesus afraid of that water? Of course Jesus isn't afraid of the water. Do you think Jesus is afraid of your problems? Do you think when we get to problems we can't handle, and we look at these problems and we're like, Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! What am I going to do? What am I going to do, God? And God's sitting there thinking the same thing he's looking at Peter when Peter, he said, step out of the boat. And Peter walked on the water. And then he began to sink. And he said, Man, of oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? He was walking on the water. You were doing it. Why did you begin to doubt? You proved to yourself you could do it. You were walking on the water. If you took ten steps on that water, partner, you can walk all the way across this lake. Don't tell me you walk, oh, 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 God only gave me ten steps. No, I didn't give you ten steps. I gave you the power to walk on that water. You believed it as long as you was looking at me. You saw I could do it, and then you saw you could do it. But you took your eyes off of the I can, and you started looking at the, you can't do that. What's wrong? You've lost your mind. You can't do that. That's the same thing that devil does when he comes to you and he says, hey, man, you're done. Your money's run out. You're done. You're finished. You can't make it. Look at all this stuff going on around here, man. Ain't no work. Ain't no work. Ain't no money. Ain't no. You know what? That's the devil. How many times has God rescued you? How many times has God come out of nowhere? Well, you know, he came exactly the way they expected him to come here, didn't he? Showed up on a helicopter, came down, landed on the boat on the helipad, and made his grand appearance, probably in an Elvis suit, you know. You think? No. He didn't come out in another boat. He didn't come out in a in a speed boat. He didn't come out in no big cruise ship. He didn't come out in any boat. Jesus came out walking up on their problem. The thing that was about to destroy them, they thought, he walked out there on that. The same way that he walks up to you on your problems, too. The very things that scare you into believing you have no chance are nothing but a pathway to Jesus. It's nothing but a path. It's just like a it's just like a, a walking path to Jesus. Okay. Amen. Praise God. It's good stuff. Sometimes that's what we need to do, church. We need you to just be still. 
God's got it, man. If you do what you're supposed to do, God is always going to do what His Word says He'll do. But the enemy has learned that we are a people of fear. And that's because we're so weak. We know our frailty. And a lot of times we misinterpret our limitations. We look at our limitations as the limitations we've always had. But once you belong to Jesus, a lot of those limitations are gone. The only thing you're limited by is your lack of belief in what God said you can do. Because you truly can do all things through that word right there. It's that word that tells you, oh, yes, you can. It's that word that tells you when the devil tells you, look, see what I got, see all this stuff coming against you? You ain't going to make it, man. You're done. But the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. They may form all the weapons they want to form against you, but it ain't going to prosper. It ain't going to prosper because God's in control. Amen. All right, come on, brother. Rejoicing in hope, we need to absolutely have hope. We rejoice in our hope. Praise God. I have a hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. I have a hope that next week is going to be better than this week. Amen. And we need to be patient in tribulation. See, we need to rejoice that we have a hope. You'll never come to a place where there is no hope because we belong to Jesus. We know the King. We have His Word. We know the Word. Praise God. We have hope. Praise God. We rejoice in that hope. And we need to be patient in tribulation. Why? Because tribulation's part of it. Tribulation is just God's way of sandpapering you off. Tribulation is just a way of sharpening your awareness and senses. Tribulation is just a way to get your head back out of the clouds and get you down, get you uh, uh, straightened out from being on the mountaintop. See, what happens is when you get on the mountaintop, the oxygen's very thin up there, and you kind of lose your mind. You know, you get a little dizzy-headed. If you're up there too long, you turn straight blonde. Isn't that right, Sister Sandra? <laughs> when you get up on the mountaintop, if you ain't careful, you get real dizzy-headed. Next thing you know, you start thinking you're all that, and you start, you start believing that you deserve the mountaintop, and you deserve it, and, man, you all that, but see... It takes a whole lot more time to get you straightened out after you've been on the mountaintop than it does to get you accustomed to being there. You have to, he has to wean you off that mountaintop. You have to go through detox. You go through mountaintop withdrawals when you come off the mountaintop. Sadly enough, sometimes it's a really quick trip down. But boy, it's a, it's just like going to the ski slopes. 
Man, you ride that ski lift, it takes you up there a long time, boy. You know, sometimes it takes quite a while to get up there. And, boy, it don't take but a second to get down, does it? Especially if you fall. My wife loves that. Her favorite part's going up that mountain. and Man, she loves that. Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Nothing to make you pray more in tribulation. Boy, nothing to make you get closer to God than tribulation. I mean, buddy, that'll make a liberal want to pray. All right, brother, come on. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Praise God. You know, church, that's what tribulation and things like that are. They help you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because your mind gets a little out of kilter, doesn't it, Sister Erica? Just a bit. That's right. How many times has God had to help you renew the spirit of your mind? Huh? Yeah, that's what he does. That's what he did. He's helped you many times. Because if it was left up to us, we'd just keep going in the wrong direction until we were too far to make it back. But God loves us. And therefore, he chasteneth us. Scourges every son that cometh to him, every daughter. I'm going to tell you, he loves this people right here. He loves every one of you. Man, I'm going to tell you, we're, we're a special people to him. And he does great things for this people. But I'm going to tell you, he keeps a tight rein on us too. Because he's got a whole lot invested in us. Not just, his, not just his dying on Calvary, but he's got a lot of time invested in this church. He's got a lot of time invested in opening our understanding to this word and feeding us with as much as we can possibly handle. We are to be spiritually fat. I mean it. I said spiritually, honey. There's a difference, okay? Yes, there's that selective hearing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Shoney's and Cracker Barrel and Waffle House and... Amen. But that's a different, that's in the Maccabees. That's not in the King James Version Bible. Amen. That's the books that the Lord said, leave that out of there because there's a church over in Plantersville. That can't be coming up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on, brother. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. You have to understand and you have to know this. You have to absolutely know that there is nothing impossible with God. When they got out in the midst of that storm, and they were in peril, they were, in, they were afraid for their lives, they were fearing for their lives, they began to see just how powerful God truly was. He walked out there 
on the water. And they looked and saw him. They'd never seen anything like that before. Everything that he did was things they'd never seen before. And they realized when it was things like that, man, this <laughs> wow. Even the even the waves and everything obeying, you know. I mean, this was a this was a, a great thing. Well, that's the same thing that happened to the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. All the mighty things that he showed them. Can you imagine what it looked like to see the Red Sea standing up on both sides and dry ground in the midst of it? And them walking across. Two million people with horses or, or with, with uh, 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 camels and oxen and everything pulling wagons with all this stuff. And they're going across on dry ground that dried up just like that. And walls of water standing on each side. Can you imagine seeing that? Ain't nobody ever seen anything like that on this earth before. Ever. They were seeing a true, real God. They knew this is God right here. This is a real guy. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Matter of fact, everybody in the world, in that part of the world that heard about that, they knew. Matter of fact, God was setting a stage. And the people at Jericho all the way down and all them years later were going to be terrified. Remember what Rahab said? These people, there is no, there is no strength left in them because of you. Yeah. All the things that God showed. And this was just another one of those miracles. And this was to His disciples. He was preparing them. He was preparing His disciples. He was equipping them with what they needed. What they needed was a strong measure of faith. They needed to know that whether He be there or whether He was not there, He was always there. Take a look at it. Huh? Oh, okay. So he need he needed his his disciples to understand I control everything 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 is subject to me there's not anything too hard for me the things that scare you to death the things that will take your life are under my control I can walk up on them I walk on water I can do everything they needed to understand God has no limitations God is able to handle anything in your life. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to our lives, God already has your lives handled. There are things that He's going to allow to make you stronger, things He's going to allow to make you faster, lighter on your feet. There's things He's going to allow to make you uh, a little uh, sharper. There's things He's going to allow to build your trust to build your faith. There's things He's going to allow in your life to make you wiser. There's things He's going to allow in your life to build you into what He requires you to be. It's growth. It's growth that takes us where He wants us to be. All this is a growing process. There's a purpose. God has a purpose. With faith, it's very important that we keep a firm stance with our faith and that we keep a clear focus with our faith.
Where are we at, brother? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next one. All right, here we go. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing, nothing shall be impossible to you. A lot of times, church, a lot of times, church, we, we fail because we speak defeat. We speak defeat. Remember, a lot of power in that tongue. Met next scripture. We walk by faith, not by sight. Explain that to me, sister, quick. Okay. So, explain that to me. That's right. We go back to the Word. What Word? The Word said that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So in other words, if this thing takes you down and out, then that would make the Word of God a lie. See? doesn't matter if it looks like it's going downhill. It doesn't matter if it looks like there's no way. There's no possible way you can make it. God said it doesn't matter if it, if it looks like you can't do it because the Bible says you can do all things. It's not you doing it. It's Christ that strengthens you. God will give you the power and the wisdom to make it through. Whatever situation is there. Because it's not you doing it. It's His power. Jesus can walk on the water. Jesus can speak to the storm. Jesus can heal your body. Jesus can renew your mind. Jesus can heal your mind. Jesus can strengthen your spirit. Jesus can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Jesus can renew your Holy Ghost. Jesus can give you joy back. Jesus can cause your turn your uh, uh, upside down smile back right side up. Jesus can fill you with joy in the midst of a despairing situation. Jesus can give you happiness and joy. Uh, praise God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. Doesn't matter what it looks like. I know Jesus. Doesn't matter if there's a storm. Why? That's right. I know. I know the maker of the storm. I know the maker of the wind. See? I know the one that can speak to it and say, stop that. Even when the devil is turned loose on you sometimes to straighten you out or to try you, remember, 
God didn't have to go beg and plead with the devil when he said, this is enough. He told him, that's enough. That's it. It is enough. That's enough. Stop right there. And God can bring you back better than you ever was before. Look what he did to Job. Brought him back and he had twice as much as he ever had. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He lived a minute. Amen. Somebody, uh, come on, uh, brother, give me another. Uh-oh, here's a scripture we've never heard before. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Praise God. Any righteousness in you is of him. That's a fact. Because we got it in that book right there. It ain't something you did on your own. You know you just born righteous. You know it's just all about your righteousness. Right, Brother Malcolm? Oh, yeah, man. He said, yeah, man. I've been righteous, man, since the day I was born. Nurses all gathered round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, any righteousness of man came in that book right there, and that makes it come from God right there. That's all about him. It ain't got nothing to do with us. Ain't nobody deserves glory. Nobody can claim glory in his sight. All right, brother, come on. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, which strengtheneth me. Praise God. Huh? Strengtheneth? Strengtheneth. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Praise God. Give me the next one. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Okay? So let your, let your behavior be without covetousness. Man, don't be running around worrying about what other people got and all that kind of stuff and wanting what they got. Be content with such things as you have. For he said, I ain't never going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Just because you ain't got something today don't mean you ain't going to have it tomorrow. And... Even if you never have the things that you would like to have down here on this earth, you're still going to have the same reward in heaven. Praise God. What you worried about? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, you're going to have what you need. I'm not going to run off and leave you starving to death. You're going to have what you need. Come on, next one, brother. And he saw them toiling in rowing. Notice here the Lord saw them from his, from his mountain. He went up on a mountain to pray. And, of course, God, being all-knowing, all-seeing, he saw them. He saw them. And we're going we're gonna to leave it right here but, uh, for tonight. But, uh, but notice here that he saw them where they were. They were out in the middle of this ocean. It's dark. It ain't just because he was on the mountain with binoculars out there. It was dark. There wasn't no big bright moon and all that kind of stuff. Man, he saw them because he's God. 
He supernaturally saw them. What's this Scripture telling us right here? What is that Scripture telling us right there, Sister Tara? Yes, that's what it's written right there. That's pretty good, Sister. I mean, that's pretty, it's almost like it's written right there, isn't it? Sister Rosie wants to help you out. What's the word telling us right there, sister? Wow, that's pretty good, man. Y'all went to the same school, man. Come on. What's it telling us? <laughs> she went. <laughs> okay. Wow, man, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Okay, here's the answer I'm looking for. No, no, no. What he was telling us in his word right here, no matter what you're going through, he sees it. No matter where you're at, what storm, no matter where you're at, what situation, what trial, no matter how dark, no matter how strong, no matter how far away you are, no matter how in despair you are, no matter how bad or tough or strong this thing is coming against you, God is not Hid, he is not hid from you. He is watching you. He can see you. The Bible says, and praise God, he saw them toiling in rowing. He saw their need. He saw their struggle. He saw exactly what they were doing. And that was exactly the purpose of this situation. He wanted them to know, no matter what you're in, when you, when it, when it really comes down to it, I will show up. I will be there. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will come to your rescue. Be patient. I am watching you. Sometimes we call out in our despair and say, Oh God, help me, help me, Lord, help me. And God said, Man, just calm down. I'm not over at a party somewhere. I'm not over doing something where I can't see you. My eyes are right upon you. You are that silver. I'm watching you because you're not finished yet. This is the purification process that you are in right now. You have not arrived yet. There is still some purification going on. All this is part of the purification process. His eyes are upon us every moment because He cannot take His eyes off of us during this purification process. how important it is. He's watching. Every time you struggle, He sees it. The things that you battle with, He knows them. 
the things that hinder you. He knows them. The things that scare you. He knows them. But his purpose in his word is to help us because it says without faith it's impossible to please him. You can't please him if you don't trust him. You've got to get to the place where you quit trusting you and man. Get your eyes off of Egypt. Get your eyes off your job. Get your eyes off of the economy. Get your eyes off of your bank account. Get your eyes off of sickness. Get your eyes off of everything. Put your eyes on the master. Praise God. He is the master of the wind. And God has got you. That's what the whole Word is trying to get us to. He said, look, I'm, I see you. I hear you. My eyes are on you. And I create the storms. If evil has encompassed you, I created evil. For the day of evil, evil is subject to me. Nothing. There's nothing that's not subject to me. I'm God. How can anything overtake you when everything is controlled by me? It cannot happen. It cannot happen. There's no way that it can happen. Because God is God. And if it does happen... God did it. And if God did it, it's working for your good. It's to save you, not to destroy you. Sometimes what we see as destruction is the saving hand of God. Sometimes... Things can look real good to somebody. There's a lot of times we go through life and we see things and we're just like children in a toy store or a candy store. Oh my goodness, that looks so good. That looks so appetizing. But really the Bible says sometimes we don't realize those things reach down to death. And they lay hold on hell. We serve a real God, church. I don't care what these other people out there are doing. That's their business. That's between them and God. But what I do know is the God we're serving in this church is the real deal. The God that has this bunch right here in His hand, they can't no man pluck Him out. The God that opens and closes the doors before us, there ain't no changing it. If He opens a door before you, there ain't no way you're going to shut it. And if He closes a the door, there ain't nobody going to open it. Anything happens to you, anything happens with you or to you, God did it. God's in control of it. And God will always follow His Word. When He said, no weapon formed against you will prosper, 
If it's a weapon, it ain't going to prosper. When the Bible said that no temptation will take you but such as is common to man, and that God is faithful, He's faithful. He's faithful in what He said. And He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, above that you're able. But He'll make a way to escape. You've got to look for the way out. There's always going to be a way out of that temptation. God built it into the story. He built it into your situation. God's going to give you a way out. You've got to open your eyes and look at it. About the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. When we pick this back up again, we're going to talk about that, that very thing. He walked like he was just fixing to walk by. Listen carefully, church. When you're in the midst of a storm, you better get your eyes off that storm. Get your eyes off of the no way, and you better start looking for the way maker. Because as the Bible said here, he just came walking on the sea. But if they hadn't been watching and didn't see him, the Bible says that he, he was walking as though he was going to pass right by them. They had to be looking. And when they shouted out, he said, fear not, it's me. Amen. But they had to, they had to respond first. Sometimes you might miss your rescue. You're not careful. You have to keep your eyes open. God wants us to expect Him to show up. He wants us to expect a victory. Whatever the situation may be. God wants us to look for the victory. To expect deliverance. To expect a healing. To expect the victory. Praise God. It's like a child. When you tell a child, let go of the side and swim to me. When a little fella or a little, a little child is just first learning to swim, that's a very scary thing for them. Because that water could drown them, man. They, you know, and they don't know nothing about swimming. And boy, when they turn loose, man, they finally, you know, when they trust you to do it, they turn loose. Boy, they're struggling with everything they got, man, and they got one thing on their mind, that's getting to you. You can see it in their face. You know, it's exhilaration and all that, but, but it's really, it's a lot of fear involved in it, boy. And all that's focused on their mind is getting to you, because what, what are you? Safety. Your safety. See? But until they touch you, there's a lot of fear. That's the way we need to be with Jesus, and it's the way we are. Sometimes we're fearful, but faith begets faith. The more you trust Him, and the more He delivers, the more you'll trust Him, and the more He'll deliver. And the more you'll trust Him, and the more He'll deliver. And the more you'll trust Him, the more He'll deliver.
Faith begets faith. How many times has God shown up walking on your storm? How many times has God brought it a different way than you thought it would come? How many times have you sold Jesus down the river? Because it just wasn't no way it could come. I mean, you and all your great logic had it all figured out. Well, there's only four ways it can happen. And all those four ways, there's no possibility that it can happen like that. This is, that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. That ship is shipwrecked. That ship is on the bottom of the ocean. No way that can happen. And then all of a sudden, here comes a flying circus monkey over your house. And just like that, out of, the, out of nowhere, here it comes. And then, as usual, as surprised as ever, you look up and say, wow, I didn't see that coming. God said, that's right. Because I'm God. I'm God, and I want you to know there's a lot of times you ain't going to see me coming. So you better start looking for me. Because I promise you, and the Bible even says, <laughs> if the thief knew at what hour, I mean, if the man, the strong man of the house knew at what hour the thief would break through, he said, hey, watch. Because in such an hour as you think not, and that's just the way blessings of God are as well. Such an hour as you think not, sometimes God just shows up. Just about the time, usually it's just about the time you give up, throw your hands up and say, well, that's it, I'm getting, kill me, I'm dead. It's over for me. I'm done, Lord, just kill me right now. You know, don't you know God gets tired of that? wonder how many times he's heard that. wonder how many times he saw, look at all the times he saw Israel give up on him. And time and time and time and time again he showed them. His power. There was nothing impossible. And yet, they still could not trust Him. One thing it takes to please God is absolute trust. He is trustworthy. You know why you don't trust God? You know why we don't trust God as a people? Because we're untrustworthy. That's why. Do you know the very one that does most of the accusing in a marriage of infidelity is the one doing it? That's right. The one that's guilty is usually the one doing the accusing. Sometimes we have a hard time believing God because we live in a land of liars. Many of us were liars at one time. And we still can be if we're not careful. Because lying has become such commonplace in this land, it's just second nature to people now. So we have a hard time believing God is everything He said He is. Because there's nobody in this life like that. But God is faithful. God is not a liar. God is true to His Word. And He does everything He says He will do. Every time He says He'll do it. He's always faithful. 
and want more than anything, God wants us to absolutely believe him and trust him because he has done everything to show his people, you can trust me. He has done everything to show his people, you can believe me. I'm not a man that I should lie. Neither the Son of Man that I should repent. The Word says He's not a man that He should lie. He is not a man that He should lie. Neither the Son of Man that He should repent. Stand with me.